Welcome to the Faith for All podcast. This week we will be listening to a sermon from Pastor Dana O'Brien's sermon series from September and October 2022 on caring for the planet. We hope you enjoy this message and that it offers some meaning for your life. Our readings today, our first one from James, second chapter. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food, and if one of us says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is that? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. And then our second, our gospel reading from Matthew 17, verse 20, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And of course, the reason it's not impossible is because it's not us doing it. God acting through us to do things. And I feel really good because um, I was sure that, uh, that a bolt of heaven would strike me down because here I am, a Lutheran pastor in a Lutheran congregation, reading from the book of James, which Luther called a book of straw. But nothing happened, so there's something to it. Um, so this last week... I know that many of us, I'm hoping all of us, were praying for family and friends in the path of Hurricane Ian. And if you've watched any news on TV or the internet, you've seen, you've seen how destructive um, Ian has been for so many. Loss of property for so many. Loss of life for, I think, at least 47 people. So many have had their entire, their entire lives upended. And while Florida has had hurricanes before, and it, and it will have hurricanes Again, warmer air temperatures, warmer water temperatures due to climate change definitely exacerbated Ian, the scope of Ian's devastation. And here's the thing, you guys. Hurricanes like Ian, just like the fires and the floods and the heat waves that we've been seeing all summer in the U.S. and abroad, they will continue to happen. And they will continue to happen with increasing frequency and impact again and again and again if we don't do something about it, okay? So... We are in, and, and remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about, about how it wouldn't be any big deal if the earth warms, except the warming of the earth is impacting and, and harming the things that we love. That was a perfect example this last weekend. I'm guessing that all of us know people who live in Florida and all of us were, were worried that climate change was impacting the people that we love. So we are in our fourth week of our sermon series on caring for the planet, otherwise known as what is God calling us to do about climate change? We've looked at how, as Christians, and I come back to this every week because, because it has to be our, our starting point, and so we have to, to embed ourselves in our biblical call. So we look at how, as Christians, we are called to take care of God's earth and all creatures on it as God would care for them, and that means caring with love. And then Jesus goes and ups the ante. You don't think that can happen, but Jesus ups the ante by commanding us to love our neighbors just like we love ourselves, and that command includes doing what we can to protect our neighbors near and far, our neighbors old and young, even our future generations of neighbors. One really important way to love them is by doing our best to avoid the devastating effects of climate change on this planet. So, first, some bad news. It's always better to start out with the bad news and finish with the good news. First, some bad news. And this piece of bad news is something that we already know. We've been talking about it for weeks. God's planet is warming. God's planet is warming, and it's warming really fast, primarily as a result of human-generated greenhouse gases. 
um, burning fossil fuels for electricity, transportation, and heat, manufacturing cement and steel, clearing forests, degrading other ecosystems. They all emit heat-trapping carbon dioxide into the air. And then there's, there's methane, which um, also warms the planet. It's released by cattle and landfills and fossil fuel operations. And finally, there's nitrous oxide and fluorinated gases. I knew nothing about any of this stuff a month ago that seep out of agricultural lands, industrial sites, and refrigeration systems, and add more heat-trapping pollutants to the atmosphere. You guys, picture it, um, and it's easier to picture now that it's getting cold outside. Picture um, the Earth being wrapped by, uh, it's surrounded by a blanket, and the blanket keeps getting heavier and heavier, which makes the Earth get warmer and warmer, something that's a wonderful thing for all of us in the middle of winter, but not a good thing for our planet. Second piece of bad news. There is no one silver bullet out there to stop the warming of God's planet. That's not a good thing. But, but, the good news, there are a lot of silver buckshot that can make a difference. A lot of silver buckshot all over the place that can make a difference. Just, just, I'm just going to keep going. That includes lots of things that we as individuals can do, which is what we're going to focus on today. But, but, because climate change, we need climate change to happen on a much larger scale, meaning that corporations and governments all over the world need to be involved. Individuals can't do it alone. Next week, so this is like a two-part thing in a, in a seven-week sermon series, next week we're going to look at things that we can do collectively, ways that we can influence governments and corporations to act and then hold them accountable. And we're going to find out that there's a lot that we can do. So, I'm going to break this down into categories, and then I'm going to identify some easy things that we can all do, much of which is kind of like a no-brainer, and unfortunately I must not have had a brain because I haven't been doing much of it, but anyway, and other things that we can do which will involve more intent and action on our part. But first, two things. First, you're never going to remember all this, even though it's on the slide and pictures and stuff, so we're going to put it on our website, and we're going to put links to lists of things that will help you remember what you can do. Second. You're going to find out that in addition to combating climate change, many of the suggested actions here have other benefits, okay? Like saving money and improving the health of individuals and communities, which means that we have a lot of reasons to go ahead and act. Taking climate action is a win, 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 okay? Now, first thing, or one of the first things we want to do is measure our carbon footprint. And the carbon footprint is just a fancy way of saying the yearly total of CO2, all those greenhouse gas emissions we were talking about, that you emit as a result of all your activities, okay? So for comparison purposes, just to get us going, for comparison purposes, the average American emits 18 tons of greenhouse gases per year, okay, 18 tons, while the global yearly average per person is four tons, okay? As you can see, we are a huge part of the problem, but that means that we can be a huge part of the solution. So. Determining your carbon footprint is pretty easy because everything is easier nowadays. You just go online, you search carbon calculator, you go to one of those, and then you just input your data, and they will tell you what your carbon footprint is. And it makes sense to start, it makes sense to start here because you need to find the baseline. If you were going to go on a diet, what's the, one of the first things you do? You step on the scale to know where you are. Well, consider this your carbon scale. And, and by figuring out your carbon footprint, you can see where to start and what things you can do that will make a real difference. Here's the thing. You don't actually need to wait until you know your carbon footprint to start taking steps to reduce it, okay? You don't really need to wait until you know it to reduce it. Here are some things that we can all do. 
First, I'm going to break them into categories. First category is home electricity and heating, okay? And that's a big one for most of us, especially for those of us who live in areas of the world where it gets really hot and really cold, like it does here. The easiest way for us to reduce our carbon footprint is to use less. Less electricity, less heat. And some really easy, no-brainer things that we can do. Number one, replace your light bulbs with energy-efficient LED bulbs. I've done some of that, but not all of it. So I just ordered a bunch of LED bulbs from ComEd, and I got automatic rebates, so it cost me almost nothing. And in the process, I learned that I might actually be able to get them free with a ComEd energy assessment, so I signed up for that, too. And so they'll be coming out later this month. Number two, turn off your lights when a room is unoccupied and unplug electronics when they're not being used. I know this sounds, this sounds counterintuitive, but um, electronics, you, most electronics, still use energy even when they're off, and certainly when they're in sleep mode. So you can do two things. You can consider plugging them all into power strips and then turning off the power strip when you, make, when you leave the room, or you can, you can buy safe, smart power strips, put them in there, and they turn off automatically, which is probably what I need to do. Number three, take advantage of natural light, adjust your window shades to reduce heating and cooling, and that makes a lot of sense as uh, more, more and more people are working from home. Um, I, I hear a real, um, does everybody hear it? Is it just up here? Would it help if I hold this someplace else? No, I shouldn't? Okay. Um, okay. Another easy shift. Use water efficiently, okay? This is hard for me. Don't run the water when you're, when you're brushing your teeth, okay? Wash full loads of clothes and use cold water only. Hot water uses five times as much energy. And then line drive, something that's going to take a lot for me to get to. Use a dishwasher. Only run it when it's full. I wash my dishes in the sink. I, ha I thought I was doing good for that, but apparently I should wait and use it, run a dishwasher. Um, consider installing low-flow shower heads and take shorter showers. And use a rain barrel, rain barrel to gather water for your yard needs. Don't let the water run. Um, check for leaks in toilets, faucets, and pipes. And we know this, especially you guys who live in Homer Glen. Because in Homer Glen, the water is really expensive. And so the more efficient you are, the more climate friendly you are, and the more money you save, okay? Now, I learned this firsthand, and unfortunately, I learned it here at Cross of Glory. Um, a couple years ago, our water bill went sky high, and I found out that we had uh, a toilet that was just constantly running. It took, the, it took a huge water bill for me to realize that. And then we had a leak in a pipe underneath the floor, which, which I never would have recognized had we not been looking for changes in our water bill. And so we were able to address that before it got too bad. I now pay really close attention to the water usage here at Cross of Glory. There are other actions that take more intentional uh, more intention about them. Make sure your home is insulated, get energy efficient windows, and then clock them. Get a programmable thermostat. How many people have a programmable thermostat here? Oh, guys, you are all ahead of me. How many actually use your programmable thermostat? Okay, I guess that makes sense. Um, you can lower your energy emissions by 15%, and you can avoid heating or air conditioning your place when you're not there. And while you're programming it, um, just a little hack. Uh, set the heat two degrees lower and, and the air two degrees higher than normal. You probably won't even notice the difference, but you will save a lot of energy. Okay? When it's time to buy new appliances, look for Energy Star certification labels and check to see if you can get rebates or federal tax credits on some of those. Right now you can get both, some from ComEd and some from the government. A big one, consider a move to renewable energy. Both ComEd and NICOR offer options to use renewable energy. You're probably getting people at your door or stuff in the mail all the time. Um, about solar and other renewable energies, consider it. 
or consider installing solar panels on your home's roof. Um, we have a couple people here at Cross Agoria that already do that. Is there anybody other than Morins and workers? Anyone else have solar panels? Okay. Well, Morins have them, and they, I'm sure, would be happy to talk to us about it, uh, to you about it, if you've got any questions. Transportation, another area where our choices can make a huge difference. I didn't know any of this. Flying is a huge, flying like in a plane, is a huge carbon contributor. So if possible, fly less often. Some of us can't do that because our jobs require us to fly. But if possible, use the train or learn from the pandemic. Because remember, one of the wonderful things we learned, and we were all zoomed out for a while, but sometimes video conferencing works pretty well and it saves a lot of travel. Also, if, you're, if you have to fly, remember that, well, and you, this might be new for you, most emissions occur in landing and takeoff, okay? So if you do fly, try direct, nonstop flights to your destination whenever possible. Also consider using an airline that's taking steps to reduce its carbon emissions. And you can go online and find all this stuff. And Delta and, you know, um, they'll all tell you what they're doing about carbon emissions. For those of you who do fly, and you can do this for any, any event that, uses a, that results in carbon emission, consider purchasing a carbon offset. Okay, and you can check again, you can do this online. Um, gold standard is, is the, the most respected. Um, I was using Climate Stewards USA. You contribute an amount to offset your CO2 emission, at which you calculate online, in any activity, but it's mostly flying, but they, they seem to specialize. And then you re, they remove it or mitigate it, uh, an equivalent amount of CO2 that you used by doing things like buying efficient cook stoves for people in third world countries or planting trees anywhere. It doesn't get rid of your CO2 emission, it still happened, but they mitigate it in, in other ways. Many airlines now offer the opportunity to voluntarily offset your flight. And by the way, guys, we should all be planting trees. It's another one of those no-brainers because they, they uh, suck up CO2. Our own cars contribute significantly to carbon footprint, so consider using public transit like commuter trains whenever possible. Some people really appreciate uh, being able to avoid Chicago traffic. There's carpooling, there's even car sharing, which is becoming really popular for people who live in the city. I'm not exactly sure how well that will work if you live in the suburbs. For those of us who do drive, we need to keep our vehicles as fuel efficient as possible by keeping them maintained, a definite problem for me. Keeping the tires inflated, avoiding idling, all those kinds of things that you do to keep your car in good working order. When it comes time for a new car, consider an electric or hybrid vehicle. I know we have some people here who have electrics or hybrids. Um, again, you might, right now I think you can get tax rebates or credits and the cost, and we know this, as the cost of gas rises, which it will, electric and hybrid vehicles are becoming more and more popular and especially so as charging stations are popping up all over the country. So, finally, food. And there are so many ways that food production Food purchases and food consumption, or the lack thereof, contributes to greenhouse gases. So the bottom line is, what we eat really matters, okay? It really matters, and by just changing our eating habits, we can choose to make a big difference in climate change. So, or at least in our carbon footprint. So first, and again, lots of this stuff is just really simple. When you're purchasing food, consider buying local, okay? That way it doesn't have to travel so far and we save carbon costs in the transportation. Also consider the packaging, and lots of you guys already do this. I don't, but I will, but I will. Consider the packaging of the food product itself and how you're transporting it, okay? So when you shop, bring those really cool reusable bags rather than bringing lots of plastic bags. And of course, that goes for everything you buy when you go to Target or wherever. Um, 
bring your own bags rather than, than getting the plastic ones that I have piling up in my kitchen. Consider eating further down the food chain. More veggies, less meat and animal products. Raising livestock produces around 15% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions, both CO2 and methane. Eating less animal products frees up grazing farmland so we can plant more trees and offset more global emissions. So if we all became vegans, that would be great. Um, however, however, that's not in the cards for lots of us, at least not going cold turkey. That was a joke. I expect all the people in the building to laugh. Feel free to laugh if you are at home too, but it was a bad joke, so you, don't have, you aren't obligated. Um, anyway, um, but if you can't cut out meat completely, consider a move from beef to chicken or that other white meat. Um, that produces about a third of the CO2 emissions as beef or lamb per kilogram of protein. So swapping red meat for poultry still makes a big difference, okay? And nowadays, beef alternatives taste really good and they are available at stores and restaurants. You guys, I haven't eaten meat or beef in about 20 years, but I have an Impossible Burger, I'd say two or three times a week, and I feel as if my meat needs are being met. Of course, I don't remember what beef tastes like. And anyway, anyway. So even cutting down on beef, so eating smaller portions, going one or two days a week without, or using non-dairy alternatives, all that up, all that adds up to make a difference. And replacing meat with locally grown, fresh season produce is also really good for your health. Okay, again, not something I do, but I can advise the rest of you to do it. Um, and, and if you want to try something different, consider adding an insect or two to your diet. Believe it or not, two billion people on Earth already do this, and there are 2,000 types of edible insects out there that are actually good for us. We just have to be convinced to eat them. And I am promising, um, remember we're having a brunch next week and I promise that I will bring some edible insects to the brunch for us all to try. I will also keep them far away from the other food in case that really grosses you out. But if you wanna try it, um, I'll be bringing some. So finally, it's not just what we eat that's the problem, it's also what we don't eat, okay? Food waste is a huge problem. And in developing countries like the US, it's mostly what we buy but then don't actually consume and end up throwing away, okay? That's a big contributor to greenhouse gas emissions because most of it ends up in a landfill. So buy less, maybe you have to go to the store a little more often, go to a local store, and then eat what you buy. Consider composting some food waste because composting both cuts greenhouse gas emissions and enhances, enhances the soil's ability to absorb carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. They call that a carbon sink. Everything that takes away carbon from the atmosphere is a carbon sink. Now, I've just touched upon some actions we can take down, we can cut, do to cut down our own carbon emissions. There are lots of things I didn't even get to, and you're probably thrilled, like reusing or recycling, which we'll talk a little bit about next week, um, which, again, ha just happens to be the first day of our uh, recycling of electronics. So, as I mentioned, as I mentioned way in the beginning, even if everybody, unfortunately, even if we all and everybody took all the steps that I just mentioned today, it still wouldn't cut greenhouse gas emissions enough to avoid significant climate change impacts. I mean, we can all do all we can, and it's just not going to be enough. Individual action is not enough. We all need to act collectively as well as individually. So next week, we're going to focus on what we can do collectively, how we can encourage governments and corporations to act in environmentally responsible ways. And what we're gonna find, I think, is that all of us have a lot more power to influence than these entities than we may have originally thought. Now, I will admit, 
that it's hard not to get pretty depressed when you think about where we are and all that needs to happen to avoid devastating impacts and get where we need to be. But remember, guys, um, remember, guys, remember who we are. We are followers of a God of resurrection and new life. We are followers of a God who hears our prayer. And note that I haven't said anything about prayer yet, but that's because I'm assuming that we all know the power of prayer, particularly in situations like that. We know that prayer has got to be an integral part of our work to combat climate change. We know that God hears our prayers. We know that God responds. But we also know that part of God's response is to usually encourage us to do something, to work through people like us. So we pray for God to help in these very challenging times of climate change, and then we act. And then we act, realizing that God can do some pretty amazing things through each of us. And I will pray for all of you this week, that when I bring my bugs next week, you will all be empowered and emboldened to try one. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you're able to bring some of these concepts into your life. Come back next week for another episode of Faith for All. Faith for All was created by Cross of Glory Church. If you'd like more information on Cross of Glory, please visit our webpage at crossofglory.com where you can learn more about the church, see our upcoming events, and watch previous services and sermons. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Everyone, and we do mean everyone, is welcome to join us at 9.30 a.m. each Sunday morning for worship on our website, Facebook, YouTube, or in person at 14719 West 163rd Street, Homer Glen, Illinois. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends, family, and anyone else you can think of about it. Faith for All is available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, or wherever else you find podcasts. Todd Mazera created our original music. John Uzardo engineered the sound. Jeff Wanderson handled the production duties. And I'm your friend and humble announcer, Andrew Morin. Thank you for joining us.